From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Well, hello, everybody. We are getting ready to go into the unofficial start of summer. And if you're like me, that means outdoors, the pool, vacations, the beach, what you're going to look like in that bathing suit, maybe. But more importantly, it's probably the halfway point for people that they said in January, I'm going to make a change. And now they're going... I don't know if I've made it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about health and wellness, not so much about dieting. I don't like that word at all, but we have a wonderful guest in with us today, Beth Cronenberg. I found her on Instagram thinking that she was some fancy lady from far away. And when I read her bio, she's right here in Lexington. But if you follow her on Instagram, it's um, The Kitchen Shift. And Beth, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. We should tell people that you are the creator and founder of Kitchen Shift. Um, You initially were going to go into the medical world in some capacity, right? That's right. right. I actually studied at Miami University Mm -hmm. in um, Oxford, Ohio. I was pre-med through my junior year. So I had my sights set on being a physician and um, ended up just taking a different direction. Halfway through my junior year, I got into a lot of psychology courses and decided to go more the route of incorporating psychology with my medical background and getting into medical and pharmaceutical sales. And that's not where you're at now. It's not where I'm at now. So I spent almost 10 years in sales. Um, working for Johnson & Johnson, a, a couple different subsidiary companies of Johnson & Johnson, and then the last sort of stent that I um, had was with Siemens Medical, and that was actually here in Lexington, yeah. but I was constantly on the road. I was traveling West Virginia, a good portion of Kentucky, up into Ohio. I was logging about a 1,000 miles a week, visiting just about every county hospital. Yeah. You made a complete shift, and that's no pun intended because of your um, business and your work, but um, you made a complete shift, and it sounds like kind of all of this happened. Your husband was diagnosed with celiac disease, and I've made it very public that I have celiac disease and have had it for the better part of 10 years, Um, and that really throws your world into a complete loop, and it really does affect the entire family. So talk to me about that. It really does. I had actually, it was right around the time I was pregnant with our son. I was about eight months pregnant with our son. I had left the medical sales world to focus on building our family, and my husband was diagnosed, I'll never forget, it was right before Thanksgiving, was diagnosed with celiac. And we both, he being a physician, came home and he said, I have celiac disease. And I said, what in the world is that? I mean, I really had no clue. And so over the course of probably the next two to three months, especially with it being around the holidays, Mm -hmm. I really threw myself into the research of what exactly is this disease? What is this autoimmune disease? Um, what does this mean for how he's going to eat, but how is this going to affect our family? I'm really big on family dinner. Like, I'm old school. Mm-hmm. I like to sit down. I want my kids and the adults to all eat the same thing. And so I knew that his diagnosis was going to probably affect the rest of us as well. We should tell people celiac disease, for those of us that have it, it just means that our body doesn't tolerate um, things like 
uh, wheat, barley, rye. So it's, yes. um, and some people have a gluten intolerance and a gluten sensitivity, but for those of us, I mean, that means nothing that has those things in it. So right. no breads, no pastas. And it's, a lot of people will say to me, oh, you just can't have pasta. And I'm like, well, it's a little bit harder because gluten can be found in a lot of different things and yes. very sneaky places sure for sure. Is. Talk to me about that journey of kind of going down that path with him because it sounds like to me that you started to research that, but then it kind of led you down this rabbit hole of what are we really eating? Absolutely. When I was working full time, my husband was a resident. We were eating literally out of the freezer and out of a package mm -hmm. just or carry out. Right. And so when I started to really look at labels, um, I was really astounded by what we were putting in our mouths, to be honest. Aside from the gluten factor, um, I couldn't pronounce a lot of what we were eating. And so I really started to dive into that piece and was connected with a woman who, um, Caroline, she's, she's awesome. She was running a cooking school mm -hmm. in Lexington at the time. And she did a talk within a group that I was part of. And I grabbed her afterwards and said, tell me more about this. Like, I love cooking. I've learned a lot about eating healthier. I'm really passionate about gluten-free. So I actually started teaching cooking classes while I enrolled in a course with um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And that was about a year-long course where I um, learned how to um, not only be a health and wellness coach, but also got my certificate in nutrition. Mm -hmm. So what I really like about that school is that they really believe in the bio-individuality of each person, that there is no one way all of us should be eating. And when you look at health and wellness, it's why it's a multi-billion dollar market because vegan feels really good for some people, paleo feels really good for other people. You've got to kind of find what your food blueprint is yeah. and then go from there. Well, you know, I think right now we are being inundated and I don't use the word diet. It's absolutely yeah. not in my vocabulary. I don't believe in it. I think we're inundated with just all of these different things right now. Mm -hmm. And I use fad diet. And again, I'm okay if, if it works for you, but I think sometimes people get really inundated when they're wanting to make a change and they really just don't know where to start. Yes. Because I'm a person, I have no time in my life to count anything. I yes. don't want to count macros. And that's I don't, very trendy right it now. Is. It and is. And I just, and I, I have a real hard um, time with fasting. It might work for some people, but with my shift and working kind of a second shift. So where do people even start to begin? Because you named your business and created Kitchen Shift. And so you just, it sounds like to me, you're just trying to shift people's thinking. So, well, definitely, it's definitely shifting the mindset, but it's also, I also named it that because I think people have to get more comfortable in the kitchen and just making their own food. Yeah. No matter what you're eating, if you are eating it at home from whole food ingredients, you're gonna feel better. Um, I'm very big too on with every new client I take on, I do an, a free consult that interviews 20 to 30 minutes so that I can understand your starting place because everyone is in a different spot in terms of their health journey. And I really tell myself I am not a weight loss coach. Mm. You may lose weight working with me, but that's never our focus. Our focus is how can we feel, how can we get you to feel the best you've ever felt? And that's really working from the inside out. So I, through the interview, can kind of take my tools and you know open my sort of box of knowledge, and then I can apply, okay, 
Here in the next couple weeks, this is what we're going to be working on. Here are some of the subtle shifts we're going to make. Let's get those down, then let's build upon that. I tend to see when we go all in on a program and we try to overhaul everything at once, you may have some really good results, like three, four weeks, but how sustainable is that for the long term? So I really play like that marathon game with people. Um, it is not a sprint. I require. I don't do like single sessions with individuals. I'm like, hey, we're gonna work together for a while if you're gonna sign up with me, because yeah. I'm in this for the long haul. That's awesome because yeah. I think people want some, I think we live in such a society where we want it so quick. Absolutely. We want to go to the beach in two weeks and we think we're going to lose, you know, X amount of pounds yes. and it's not realistic even if you even get there and then keeping it off potentially. Right. What's the biggest question that you get with people when they come to you about their health or wellness, eating, the kitchen? Um, wow, that's a great question. Probably... I get a lot of questions around lately around food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a, a hot topic lately, and a lot of people are, gravitate to me because they've tried a lot of different things, but they still don't feel good. Those are my people. Um, I have a lot of stomach issues. I have a lot of bloating. I feel like I'm eating all the right things, but it still isn't sitting right. So, a lot of times I like to look at a food diary and. I'm like, okay, let's take a peek at what you're actually mm -hmm. eating, and then let's start maybe pulling a few things out, adding a few other things in. It's a tough one because, again, everyone is very different. They're all coming from a different place. I have some people where I'm like, wow, they look like they're eating a pretty clean diet. Like, this is gonna, this is kind of throwing me. But I can still sometimes find some things that we need to tweak and some things we need to shift. Sometimes it's even outside of food. We will do some work around psychology of eating mm -hmm. too. Um, how how slowly are they eating? Are they rushing through their meal? Um, even just finding a way to kind of ride through the craving, the wave mm -hmm. of a craving that they have. So I like to infuse some of that psychology yeah. into some of my work as well. And that tends to help with a lot of the gut issues as well. And I would imagine that people really appreciate that you take the time with them, that you're sitting down with them, that you're giving them 30 minutes of your time to really learn about them because yes. I think sometimes you feel so alone like you're trying to get 100%. through this and you're yes. like you feel like you're just kind of doggy paddling and yes. so I think that probably means a lot to people it does but I'm such a I love I love people <laughs> and um, the other interesting thing I also within my kitchen shift shop um, both actually on my website and then my physical shop I have um, some retail products. I, ha I offer some supplements. But what I find is a lot of people have the choice. They can, they can jump on Amazon. No big deal and order everything I've got or they can potentially even go to Whole Foods. I think people make the trek down to me or they order from my website because I, I offer them my time and my expertise on how that product's going to fit into their mm -hmm. lifestyle. So I really do see myself as a consultant from that standpoint. And fortunately, I have a lot of people that are incredibly loyal shoppers with me too. So they know that they're getting more than just that product. They're getting some sound nutrition advice on how to actually fight. And I, I'll have people come in and they'll say, what do I need? I'm like, I don't think you need anything. You know, I don't think you need this. I think you actually need to do some of this work around right. eating more whole food. A supplement is a supplement. I think that's refreshing because a lot of people think, okay, 
I'm going to go down this journey and it's going to be really costly and I don't know what the results are going to be. So for you to tell people, maybe you don't need this. You don't. Absolutely. That's huge. I'm big on knowing, again, tailoring what people need specifically. Now, I do have a few things that I think most women need to be Mm -hmm. taking. I think women almost year round, but especially in the winter months, feel really good taking a vitamin D3. Mm -hmm. I like supplementing with an omega-3. Probiotic is great for gut issues. Um, We'll throw in a digestive enzyme from time to time, depending on what kind of food sensitivity you may have. Um, So I like to offer those suggestions rather than one saying you need a multivitamin to cover everything or having people leave with $800 worth of products. It's just unnecessary. So I'm kind of, I have my little pill box and it is insane how many supplements I take a day. Make no bones about that. Um, There are a couple of things that I really have found that, again, kind of being on Instagram and following different people, um, collagen peptides. I'm so mad at myself that only in year 38 of my life I've just now discovered Discovered them. them. So that's like a big new thing thing for me, probiotics um, and the refrigerated kind are my best friend. What are maybe like your three must-haves for for ladies, let's say? Okay, so I really like the probiotic. Mm -hmm. I actually carry two in my my shop and online, but Whole Foods carries several brands that are really, really good. I know that in a sense there are some physicians that will say probiotic is a waste of money, and here's why. We don't, we all have a very unique gut biome. And so we are sort of shooting in the dark in terms of what good bacteria mm-hmm. we may need. But if you are taking a, a probiotic that has several strains and a lot of a lot of those, you're likely gonna be covering. And I even suggest sometimes it's smart to even find two or three brands and rotate through those. So I'll suggest, hey, take the one that I offer from clean or from hum, but then when you're done with that, maybe after a couple months, Mm -hmm. cycle in a different one, and that way you're just getting a good variety of those strains. I see that it helps not only with gut issues, but immunity. I mean, man, I was really healthy this winter, knock on Mm -hmm. wood, and I swear, and my kids too, and I swear it was the consistency of of that probiotic. Um, something else, you mentioned the collagen peptides. Mm-hmm. That would probably be my number two. Man, I love my collagen peptides. Um, you and I were chatting before. And let's tell people what that is because it's kind yes. of, okay. all I know is it's amazing for your hair, skin, and nails. Yes, so um, collagen is the most abundant protein in our body, and it is sort of the matrix, the rebar that makes up our hair, skin, nails, tendon, ligament. And as we age, really after the age of 30, we start to lose collagen. It's why we see all of these collagen products for our face, right? So the co- there are very many different companies now that are making these peptides, but in a way they are able to um, kind of grind down, for lack of a better term, the collagen so that it's easily digested in the gut. And then it gets into the bloodstream and to all these places that we need it to go. So it's highly absorbed um, into the body. So I was explaining to someone the other day that we can eat a piece of chicken and something like 60% of that protein gets to our body. The collagen peptide, the delivery is something like 90%. So we're gonna absorb a lot of that protein. So it's a protein source, but then that collagen gets to all these places. So you and I were chatting about working mm-hmm. out. It's great for people, whether um, you know you train a lot or or just deal with a lot of aches and pains, it can really alleviate just sort of that 
kind of arthritic type pain that we get or after a hard workout, it really does help with some of that recovery. How does social media and Instagram change the way we can get to people like you? Because I think there are people like me that can find you and just kind of watch your post and feel like I learn a lot. Maybe I don't have to come to you to coach. Yes. But I learn a lot. And I, and I find that with a lot of different people. And I would think that Instagram has changed the game. It ha 100%. Sort of. It is, you know, I, I, I wax and wean on this one because I, I love social media. I actually, my type of personality really likes social media. <laughs> and it, it can be um, it can be really like a, a blessing and a curse all at the same time. So the reach is, has been incredible, and I really do put a positive spin on, especially Instagram. I've had so many people reach out to me, and the conversations have been so fun in terms of my content. People are like, thank you for posting recipes. Thank you for sharing your content. I do feel like I'm pretty generous with my content. I don't, I kind of put it out there, mm -hmm. and like, this is who I am. Um, I'll try to share a lot of my tips and tricks and uh, recipes with my people. Um, there can definitely be pressure to be on it a lot, though. And that's where I've been sort of pulling back a touch is there is in this industry, not only health and wellness, but just all industries where Instagram is used as a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. It's become who can be the noisiest. And so for me, I am starting to kind of pull back and I'm like, not everyone wants to necessarily see everything going on in my life. And I don't know that I need to share that. There, there does come a point where we're almost oversharing. So I try to give my people um, some really good content that they can use in their own lives. But I am being a little more conscientious about how much time I'm spending on it. Mm. Because honestly, it does take away from my ability to create really good content for the people that are coming to me. Right, your clients. Yes. It's funny, I find myself in that same kind of juxtaposition because I'm on TV every day and I'm, a, I'm super outgoing and I'll talk to anybody, but then I on the flip side go, I don't want to share stories. I don't know how. Yes. I feel like I'm not very good at it, but yet I can go do four hours of news, Absolutely. you know, every day and beyond. So it's a really weird I'm kind of place. with it, to be yeah. honest. I feel like some days I'm really like, all right, I feel like sharing a lot of this and I'm feeling it. And then there are other days where I'm just very good not being on it. Yeah. Let's talk about being um, a female business owner. Um, I, you know, I know so many wonderful gals who have a story of they were doing something else and they took a leap of faith and, you know, did their passion, which sounds like yes, what you did. Absolutely. You know, there are lots of us out there that are thinking about something else in life. How do you get to that place that you finally put one foot in front of the other and you do it? It's really tough. And I think, to your point, I had to get really comfortable with riding the wave of being not only a female entrepreneur, but I'm really like a party of one. Mm -hmm. And it can feel very alone and lonely out there at times. And you have days and weeks where you feel like you're crushing it. And then you have another <laughs> week where you you look yourself in your mirror and you're you're wondering why you're even doing it. Like does it anyone anymore. know that I exist? Absolutely. Right? And yeah. why am I like why am I doing this mm -hmm. to myself is a question. And so I feel as if over the course of the last year or two, really in the last year especially, I've become so much more normal with kind of those ups and downs and just trying to be consistent, trying to just show up every day, even when you don't really feel it. Um, when you're when you find something that you're passionate about, I really try to focus on who I'm trying to help, mm -hmm. and I take it, 
get out of my head where it's not about me, it's about the people I'm trying to help. And that helps me kind of get back on where I, I just keep plugging along and consistency is everything. You know, when you really pull back and you, you start to coach yourself that it doesn't have to be perfect, I just have to show up for my people every day, mm -hmm. then you start to really make some strides. What is your weakness? Because a lot of times when you're on Instagram, you're in the health and wellness world, you said there's a lot of pressure and people yes. are really quick to point out faults. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm always one that I'm like, okay, well, then let's talk about my faults. I'm okay. I'm in a business where people are very quick to tell me if they like something or don't like mm -hmm. something that I have on, for example. Um, what are your faults and what do you make no bones about that this is just the way it is? Oh, goodness. I definitely, and I know my husband would crack up because this is like all so me, but I bite off more than I can chew all the time. He's like, when will you learn how to say no? And unfortunately, when I do that, sometimes I don't show up at 100% mm -hmm. to all the things, you know, but I... I really have like FOMO. I have the fear of missing out on things just in general with life, whether right. it's business or personal, I hate missing out. So that's definitely something I probably need to work on, but I'm also just like you said, I kind of own it. Like this is me. I run late a lot of times because it's like I overschedule, but I want to do it all. I do. When you figure it out, let's have a coaching session <laughs> because sure. my husband would say the exact yes. same thing. Uh, and then in terms of food, because I always get this question, people are like, you know, you tend to post like all of these beautiful salads and dinners that you're making, but like, do you really eat like that all the time? It's like, absolutely not. Okay, let's just be yes. very clear about that. So. Um, I definitely have my, my food weaknesses, and I'm very big with coaching my clients on that 80-20 rule, too. Mm -hmm. So I would say chocolate and chips are probably my, it's that sweet and salty thing, but um, I definitely, I would not be able to give up chocolate if I had to. Like, if I took right. a food sensitivity test and they said, you have a horrible sensitivity to cocoa, I'd be like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Let's see how this works that's out. That's interesting, but I'm going to still eat my chocolate, so. It's funny, with um, having celiac, there are things that I miss, but I don't really even think about them, and it's yes. interesting how that happens. And I think there are far more people in my life that are more consumed by what I can't have it's than like, me. It's is so bizarre. That is part when you yeah. have celiac, especially. And I will say, since you were sharing with me, the year you were diagnosed mm -hmm. was about a year after my husband was, and the um, gluten-free offerings right. have grown so much, too. So yeah. I feel as if there isn't as much FOMO with mm -hmm. the gluten-free as there used to be. But to your point, when you adhere to a lifestyle that makes you feel really good, mm -hmm. you don't really want to go back. Yeah. It, there's no interest there. You don't miss it. You don't miss it. And the number one thing, I, you know, when people will find out that I do have celiac and, and they'll say, well, someone just got, you know, diagnosed, can you tell them everything? And I'm like, you know, it's kind of like what you do. Everybody is different. Yes. And it's really hard to say, do this, this, and this. And the one thing I always tell people is, please do not just go to Whole Foods and go to the gluten-free section and buy everything. Exactly. And I always tell them, think about the things that you love the most and try to find a switch, and then other mm. things kind of let it go. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if that's the right thing, but that's what worked for me. But it's really hard trying push. to, and it's gotten better. In the, in the 10 years that I've been gluten-free, it's certainly 
gotten so much better in right. terms of options. But at the end of the day, I think I found it's just going back to the kitchen, it like is. you say, it's and such an figuring opportunity it out. too for people to really look at. No matter whether you whether you have celiac or not, if you're eating out of a package, yeah. it gives you an opportunity to look at healthier upgrades and substitutes. So. I will tell someone, okay, we are no longer going to eat wheat pasta, but that doesn't necessarily mean we need to look at gluten-free pasta. Mm -hmm. We can look at other vehicles. We could spiralize zucchini noodles or make spaghetti squash or go a whole different route. And it just opens up. It, it is, again, that mindset where let's not focus on what we're missing out on or what we're saying goodbye to, but we've just opened up this whole new opportunity mm -hmm. for eating and trying so many new things. When people come to you, how long do they usually stay with you in the program? Is it a certain length of time? Or? I would say the average is somewhere between six and nine months. I have some clients I've been working with for over two years. Wow. And they see me um, about every other week. And it's just for that consistency, which is awesome. I mean, I love I love that kind of relationship, too, that long, long-term relationship and the accountability, I think, that I offer them and they probably offer me as well. But I would say on average, it's somewhere between six and nine months. You know, you spend your world talking to people, you know, about their food intake and, and kind of shifting that. And then obviously exercise is a component. But just a few days ago, I saw you on Instagram talking about meditation yes. with your kids. Yes. And that is something, again, in year 38 that I'm learning, quiet time for yourself is huge. I'm not a big person that meditates, but just that quiet space Absolutely. is huge. To me, I'm finding that it's just as important as the time I carve out to go exercise, workout, run. It's, it's enormous. And I'm finding too, because Instagram and Facebook are big marketing tools for me, again, and we see this with our young people, we're never really shutting it down. We're always in front of everyone. And I think in this day and age with with social media and with our tablets and smartphones, we have to really schedule that time in. I'm wired very much like you. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of cracking up as we've been talking because I think you and I are two peas in a pod, but we're that type A personality mm -hmm. where it is really hard to sit still, which is why I've really enjoyed guided meditation. And I have set very small goals for myself, literally five minutes. Yeah. But if I do that once or twice a day, it can absolutely change, it can shift my whole mindset for the next several hours. So that's been not only a tool that I use for myself, but something that's become more important for me to gift to my children. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you know, I, I don't do meditation, I've tried it, but I think for me and just where I'm at in my life because I'm home during the day, because I don't go to work until the afternoon, yes. sometimes just having nothing on in the house, no television, yes. you know, I'm away from my phone and I'm like, it's just me and it's really quiet. Right. Then my brain wanders about all the things I need to be doing, but it's a start anyway. Well, I know you're a runner. Have you, have you ever gone running? This is always a challenge because I used to do more running, but running without earphones, just running, that can be really challenging when you are used to running with music and then you go for a run and you are just listening to the sounds of nature. It can be a little yeah. jarring, which is yeah. crazy at first because you're so accustomed to doing it the other way, but that can really be a form of meditation. It's just going out for a run and just listening to nature. I'm on it. That's my that's my <laughs> goal out of this today. All right, as we wrap up, one of the things that I always ask folks, um, books are so important to me. I'm, I'm a bookworm, and um, I tell people that all the time. I'm sure they're 
tired of hearing it. Are there books that are important to you? And they don't have to be just in the world that you live and work. Mm. Do you read a lot? I am a big nonfiction reader yeah. and I'm really actually working to change that because I think I need a vacation from all the content. So my goal this summer is to read a little more fiction, but a book in fact that I pull out pretty frequently is called The Four Agreements. And it's just something, it's a little, it's the handbook to life, really. It's one of, one of the agreements is to not take anything personal. So anyhow, I would highly recommend everyone check this book out. It's a quick read, but it's something that when you're going through a more challenging time in your life, it's a great tool to just pull back out. And it really brings a lot of peace to my mind whenever I use that. Good deal. And of course, this is called Uniquely Kentucky. And you are not originally from Kentucky, right? I'm not. So you've made home here. We're Absolutely. so glad for that. But what do you think makes us so unique? Growing up in Ohio, I can tell you what makes Kentucky really unique because I've had family members who come down is that you have such a sort of blend of the North and the South. I don't think Kentucky's all South. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there is definitely that Southern charm but you've got a lot of really, um, you've got a good mix of people here. And everyone, I, I always say Lexington's an easy place to live. Mm -hmm. You have people that have hailed from all over the place, but you also have sort of that Southern charm where people are incredibly educated, but very friendly. Mm -hmm. And it just makes for a really nice place to raise a family too. It's like an easy place to slide into for it sure. Is. It has been and I like the weather. I really have grown to appreciate the four seasons that we have here. Probably not the allergies that come with the four yeah, seasons. I but I've been taking a lot of Zyrtec this week <laughs> in fact but no definitely growing up in Cleveland we had really harsh winters and we definitely get our share of snow mm -hmm. here but it doesn't last for weeks on end so it's nice. We have beautiful fall, beautiful spring, we definitely have our summers, and then we get our occasional snowfall, which yeah. makes it fun. And it doesn't wear on your psyche like it does right. that far north. That's right. Beth, if people want to find you, obviously I've been talking about you on Instagram, but if people want to find you both online or they want to come visit you yes. um, at the office, how do people find you? Perfect. Uh, my website is www.kitchenshift.com. You can email me, beth at kitchenshift.com. My shop is down in Chevy Chase. I'm located inside kitchen at AS Eats. I sublet space from her. She does a lot of catering and meals to go and that's in Chevy Chase at 312 South Ashland Avenue. What would be that just one thing that you would leave people with today if they are in that place thinking, I started off in the new year but I'm not there and they're just not feeling good about it? Absolutely. Well, really two tips as we come into summer. Number one, just start with what you're drinking. That's what I call the low-hanging fruit. Really concentrate on drinking a lot of water. Um, that's just a great starting point for a lot of people. And number two, we're in this incredible growing season. Just focus on getting vegetables at every single meal. When you look at your plate, no matter what sort of diet persuasion you, <laughs> you pull from, if half your plate is colorful, leafy green vegetables, colorful vegetables, you're doing something right for your body. So sometimes it's just starting that simple and giving yourself a goal. Like for the next 14 days, I'm going to have a leafy green at every meal that I have and I'm going to drink half my body weight in ounces of water. And 
I'm going to see how I feel at day 14. Mm -hmm. And then we can build that momentum. Then we can add some other things. But and that's don't a really beat good yourself up about oh it, right? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. We have to give ourselves some grace. Yeah. I say this all the time. You know, we can start something, and then because we screw up one afternoon, it's like we throw it out the window. It's like that's not how that works. Yeah. It's not. It's This is, again, this is all about consistency. It's, an, it's a game of averages. And so we can definitely have our hiccup. We can shift back. And it's not a big deal. We just, you know, put the, put the car back and drive and just start moving forward again. Absolutely. Beth Cronenberg, really appreciate your time. She is with The Kitchen Shift. Go check her out. Thank you so much for listening to Uniquely Kentucky. Until next time, I'll see you on WKYT.